Well, good morning. Thank you for being here with us. My name is Brandon, and I have the uh, just privilege and joy uh, of serving this local church as one of its pastors. Uh, typically, I am the guy uh, standing right here with a guitar in front of me, not this morning, so a little bit different. If you're going, wait a minute, he's not singing this morning. It's okay. It was all planned. Uh, but we do thank you for, for being here this morning, and uh, as Pastor Charlie said at the outset of our time, uh, if this is your first time joining us, then goodness gracious, thank you. Thanks for being with us this morning. We have, a stay, we have a saying around here that goes like this, stick six. If this is your first time with us, we just encourage you to stick it out with us for six weeks and uh, just be a part of things. Feel free to ask questions and, and all of that. We're not uh, bashful with that, but we do thank you for being here. West Cabarrus Church uh, exists to glorify God by making more and better disciples as we strive to reach neighborhoods to nations. And listen, we desire to glorify God every Sunday morning, every time that we gather together on a Sunday morning. We desire to glorify God by looking at the scriptures, by looking at God's word and, and seeing God for who he really is, as true and as living, as creator and as redeemer thereby creating greater worshipers out of us. And so if you have a Bible, would you go ahead and turn with us to Psalm 147. Psalm 147. If you don't have a Bible, the words will be on the screen here behind me. Uh, if you need a Bible, we've got a stand full of Bibles out in the Welcome Center, both English and Spanish. If you get up right now and go grab one, no one will think anything of it. Just feel free to get up at any point and go grab one. We uh, desire that each person in here would have a copy of God's Word. Psalm 147 is where we're going to be this morning. We have been, if you've stuck with us throughout any of this summer, we've been in this series called God's Playlist. And... Uh, what we've done is we've been journeying through the book of Psalms. We saw week one in Psalm 1 this, how completely happy is the man or the woman whose delight is in the law of the Lord, whose delight is in God's word. That this person is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither, but in all that he does, he prospers. And listen, that's the desire of our time together this morning. That's the desire of every time that we show up on a Sunday morning and open God's word, that, that seeing God for who he is would create praise in our hearts to him. Seeing God for who he is in his word, that it would create worship and that it would create praise in our hearts for him. And so let's read the word of God this morning. I'm going to read it for us. We have, we've worshiped through singing this morning. We've worshiped through praying. We're going to worship right now through listening to God's word. And so would you hear the word of the Lord this morning, Psalm 147. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcast of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble and he casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the beasts their food, to the young ravens that cry. 
His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of man. But listen, the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion, for he strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of the wheat. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He hurls down his crystals of ice like crumbs. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them. He makes his wind blow and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and rules to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know his rules. Praise the Lord. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, what a delight it is to have a copy of your word in our hands, to be able to read it freely to be able to gather together to sing songs like we've sung already this morning, that you are gracious, that you are redeemer, that you are friend, that you are, that you're real, (laughs) that you're alive, that you hear the praises of your people. And God, my prayer is, is simple this morning. I pray that it would be our prayer, that we would hear from you as we open your word, that your spirit would lead and would guide us and that he would have his way among us through the preaching of your word. We pray all of this in Jesus' beautiful and glorious name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 147. Well, the last five chapters of the book of Psalms, Psalm 146 to 150, are known as the Hallel Psalms. If you, if you look at your Bible, Psalm 146 to 150, each psalm begins and ends with these words, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And as we've been in the book of Psalms for some time now, this, in this series we've seen songs of comfort and of lament and of sorrow. And my goodness, what a, what a perfect way to end and to cap off the book of Psalms by saying, praise the Lord, by lifting our gaze to him and by praising him. This song magnifies the greatness of God. It magnifies the uniqueness of God. That the Lord, Yahweh, alone is God. That he's in a category all by himself. That he stands alone. And as we read this, I hope you paid attention to this just a few minutes ago. If not, you're, you're certainly going to see this this morning. That the psalmist sort of weaves together two main themes in Psalm 147. We see God as creator and we see God as redeemer. We see God's power over all of creation, and we see God's redeeming love for his people. And reflecting on God as creator and reflecting on him as redeemer, the psalmist, he speaks of God's power and of God's wisdom and of God's transcendence, and he also speaks of God's care and his compassion. And his generosity. That God is majestic and he's merciful. That God is kind and he's king. That he's powerful and he's gracious. 
The text is divided into three different sections. You'll notice them, uh, the breaks probably in your Bible, but three different sections that we're going to walk through this morning as we look for why and reasons for us praising the Lord. And so if you're a note taker, number one, first section is this, praise the God who redeems. Praise the God who redeems. Praise the Lord. At the outset of this psalm, the, the psalmist begins with these words, praise the Lord. Listen, the word praise here is not dainty. It's ruckus. It's loud. It's joyful, right? It's like when the good guy wins. It's like when the, the home team runs an 80-yard touchdown and the stadium just goes nuts. Panthers fans are looking at me clueless right now because we don't have any idea what that's like, right? We see it on TV, but we don't, we don't fully know what that's like. But to praise is to, is to rave about someone. It's to brag. It's to boast. Praising God, is, it's like looking at the person beside you and going, can you believe this? Oh, man. Right? We all do it. We all do it. We all praise. We all hallelujah praise. But the command here is hallelujah. Praise to Yahweh. Praise the Lord. As we saw a few weeks ago, Yahweh is the name that God gives himself to his people who know his saving love. It's the personal name that God gives to his people. At the outset of this psalm, the, 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 this, this psalm, the psalmist calls us to, to look at ourselves and to see what our soul is boasting in, to see what our, what our soul is clinging to. The psalm calls us to consider the God of the universe who knows all the stars by name and yet knows you and loves you and cares for you. Pastor Charlie read it at the outset of our time together. It was the call to worship that we had this morning, Jeremiah 9.23. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love and justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Praise the Lord. Each section with a, begins with a command, praise the Lord, and then reasons to praise the Lord. Why do we praise? Why do we sing? Well, the psalmist tells us, look at your text, for it is what? It's good to sing. It's pleasant. A song of praise is fitting. What an interesting word there. It's, it's fitting. Well, who does it fit? It fits God and it fits you. It fits God and it fits you. It's, it's fitting. It fits God. It, it, praise is beautiful. Praise, listen, praise is not just finding God useful, but finding God beautiful. Finding God as set apart. And listen to me this morning, until you find God as beautiful, you will not give him praise. When you find God beautiful, you recognize that God himself is the only one who will satisfy. That God himself is the only one who will make you happy. To see God only as useful 
is not fitting to God. It's the end of the summer. Um, my family and I were down in Florida uh, just this past week doing a, a little bit of ministry on the front end, and then we had a couple of days for vacation on the back end, and we're sitting one day uh, looking at the ocean, and, and this thought occurred to me, right? A lot of us this summer have spent money just sitting in beautiful places, right? You're there, you're looking at a mountain, you're looking at the ocean, you're, you're looking at, at the sunset. Well, why? I mean, at the end of the day, you just sat and looked and why? What, what did you get out of that? Well, the answer is you didn't just get something out of it. You got it, right? To, to just sit back and to look at, at beauty, you got a pleasurable and a, a satisfying experience, when we show up on Sunday mornings and we show up together in this room to sing and to listen and to respond, we show up to get God. We show up to get him. Adoration and praise, they fit God. But it also fits you. Did you know this? It also fits God. It fits God, but it's also something that you desperately and absolutely need. Maybe you don't know this this morning, but did you know that you were created to praise God? That's the reason you're here. You were created to give God praise. That's why you were made for the glory of God. If you were in Christ, if you were a Christian, this is why you were saved, for the glory of God. I wonder, what if we as a church really begin to experience the glory of God? To see that beauty gets us out of ourselves. It gets us out of our self-centeredness. Listen to me this morning. We are never in danger of giving God too much praise. We are never in danger of giving God too much praise. The psalmist begins to answer the question, who is this God that we praise? Well, here's who he is. The psalmist begins by saying in verse 2 that the Lord rebuilds Jerusalem, that the Lord re rebuilds Jerusalem and that he gathers the outcast of Israel. Now, though we don't exactly know, this verse, what it, what it suggests is that this psalm was written uh, during the rebuilding of Jerusalem. And so the, the exiles were, were returning home from Babylon and God in his grace brought his people, the outcasts, back home. What do we see in verse 3? We see that the hearts of God's people were what before he restored them? They were broken. They were broken. The broken-hearted people enter into a broken city. And listen, don't miss this this morning. And God cared for their brokenness. He cared for their brokenness. He reminded them that he is a God who redeems. That the Lord heals the wounded. That in his kindness, he rebuilds broken lives. He restores families. He heals bodies. Listen to me. If you are here this morning and you are grieving, take comfort in the fact that God knows. He knows. The scriptures say the Lord is near the brokenhearted. Don't run from him in grief. No, no run to him. 
Look to him for healing. If you are crushed this morning, look to the one who was crushed for you. I stand before you this morning as, as, as testimony of this. If there is anything that has brought me comfort in the last couple of years, it is that Jesus knows suffering. Jesus knows suffering. He knows brokenness. Not simply because he knows all things. Yes, he knows all things, but because he entered into it. The scriptures say in the book of Hebrews that he can sympathize with the weak. He can bring healing. And if it doesn't come in this life, there's coming a day when he will bring ultimate healing. The one who was wounded for us stands ready to mend our wounds. So if you're here this morning, hear this, that in your brokenness, in your anxiety, in your despair, in your loneliness, in your bitterness, in your shame or your guilt, in your bereavement, in your apathy, run to Jesus this morning. We saw this in Psalm 23, church. There's no lack in him. There's no lack in him. He stands ready to redeem. He stands ready to restore the broken. And so this morning, praise the God who redeems. This psalm reminds the brokenhearted of the creator's glory. We see in verse 5 that God does what? He determines the number of stars. He gives to all of them their names. I started deep diving into this this week. Listen to this. Scientists say there are over 300 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy alone. And that there are some 100 billion galaxies, excuse me, yes, galaxies in the universe. And God knows. And God numbers them. And God names them all. The skies, the stars, they're intended to lift our gaze to God. They're intended to point to the glory of God and to give him praise. The psalmist continues on in verse 5 that his, his power is, that he's great in power and in understanding. The Lord is great in power and understanding. I, this did not land on me until this week. The Lord is great in power. Yes, I hear that. But the Lord is great in understanding as well. Again, creator and redeemer. Your small worries, your fears, your thoughts are not too minute for God. God is almighty. His wisdom is infinite. There's no one like him. And so knowing this, we don't have to fear. We don't have to despair. We don't have to become anxious. We can rest in his power and in his wisdom. And what a change, isn't it, from verse 5 to verse 3. Look back at your Bible. What a change. I read the two this week with no break, verse 5 and then verse 3. Listen, from stars to cares, from worlds to wounds, from might to mercy, from great power to grace. The next time you walk up outside, 
Next time you walk outside and look at the stars, remind yourself not only of God's power and of God's might and of his wisdom, but also of his redeeming work. The Lord redeems. He lifts up the humble. He lifts up the afflicted. He sustains. He blesses. He upholds those in need. So as we see the scriptures this morning, may our hearts soar to praise the God who redeems. But also in the second section, may we praise the God who cares. Praise the God who cares. There is certainly some some overlap here in, in these themes. But again, as we said a few minutes ago, each section, command, and then reasons to praise God. And the command... The exhortation here is in verse 7, and it says this, sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing to the Lord. I heard someone say this one time, and I thought it it stuck. It was good. The redeemed, the, the church, always sing in the key of thanks. May our songs be filled with thanks. May our hearts be filled with thanks. The the picture that we have here is this picture of all of God's people singing together. Right? Making melody, there, there's a lyre, which would probably be a modern-day harp of some point, probably a band of some form, and they're, they're singing corporately. They're singing together. Oh, what a beautiful thing it is for us to, to show up in here on Sunday mornings and to sing together. Some of you go, you don't know me, I, I don't sing, or Brandon, you're the worship pastor, so you're supposed to give a plug for the people to sing here. No, 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 it's right here. The encouragement for us this morning is this, we need your voice. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. West Cabarrus Church, let us be a singing people. If you no longer have to fear eternal separation from God, if death is merely just the doorway to unspeakable joy, if sin has been conquered, if hell is overcome, and Jesus has saved you to enjoy unending pleasures at God's right hand, then you have a song to sing. And it is a song That no trial, that no disease, that no struggle, that no persecution, that no power on earth or in hell can stop. Man or woman best dressed is man or woman worshiping God. And so church, listen to me this morning. Let us us be generous in our adoration of God. Let us be generous in our praise of God in our times gathered together as we get to sing and to lift high his glorious name. Why should we sing? Why should we praise him? Because he cares. Because he cares. Notice, uh, notice the progression in verses 8 and 9. He covers the heavens, we see, from the clouds to the rains to the grass on the hills, from the greatest of beasts to the most helpless of birds. If God supplies for the animals of the earth, how much more will he care for us? Immediately I go to Luke 12 and remember the words of Jesus. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. Yet God feeds them. And if God feeds them, of how much more value are you than the birds? The rains are not random. 
Each meal we enjoy is a gift from God. That's why as Christians we, we pray before meals because we recognize it's a gift from God. Every bite, God's generosity. We see God's provision here. We see that God sustains and that God governs all of his creation, that he gives every breath. Church, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who God is. And church, we can praise God now, right now, knowing that tomorrow he will still care for us and that he will still hold on to us. We trust him. And we trust him not ultimately for the gifts he gives, but we trust him as the eternal giver. How? Continuing in the text, verse 10 and 11. This is really the, the recurring heart of this psalm here. Verse 10, that his delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of man, but the Lord takes pleasure in what? Those who fear him. In who? Those who hope in his steadfast love. There might be a military reference here, the strength of the horse, the legs of a man. But I think it, it begs the question, what do you rely on for your sense of security in this life? What do you rely on for your sense of security, for your sense of control in this life? What do you look to for strength? Is it your resume? Is it your connections? Who's the president in the Oval Office? Is it your family? Do you despair if you feel like you don't have any strength in the world's eyes? Is it your health? About eight years ago, I attempted to run a race while pushing our oldest son, who was one at the time, in a jogging stroller. And let's just say the legs of a man were not, at least the legs of this man, designed to run races. I hadn't run the first mile of the race when I lost control of the stroller and almost dunked our son, stroller in all, in a nearby pond. <laughs> True story. I recognized quickly that day that our bodies are finite, that they are limited, that governments and that armies and jobs will all fade away. But the verse concludes with this, but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. Listen, please don't miss this this morning. God takes joy in his people. He loves his people. He delights in his people. The text does not say that he tolerates his people. No, no, no. Did you know that you bring God delight? Listen, not based on your efforts, not based on your performance. If you are a Christian, the Lord delights in you. He delights in you. He takes pleasure in you. This morning, let this fact, this truth free you from, from trying to please people. The one that matters most takes pleasure in you. He cares for you. He loves you. This idea of fear 
that we see in our text. It's a, it's a full-orbed response of awe and respect before God's majesty. It's like standing beneath Niagara Falls and recognizing what we're actually underneath, right? And then this idea of God's love, God's steadfast love, it's this hested love that we've talked about in, the, in our time in Psalms. God's unconditional love. Simply meaning this, he loves you because he loves you. <laughs> he loves you because he loves you, not based on your strength, not based on your morality, but based on God's free grace. His love that, that is loyal. His love that doesn't change when your thoughts or your moods change. Set your hopes not on your strength, but on God's love, for he cares for you. Those who set their hope on God's love will never be separated from God. This is like pointing to Romans 8 where Paul says nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It reminds us of the gospel this morning that Jesus was separated from God the Father so that you never would have to be. That Jesus was forsaken so you never would be. To know the Lord of the universe delights in me? Man, what an honor. Praise God for that. Boast in that. And if you're here this morning and you don't enjoy such a relationship with God, oh, I beg you, I beg you to come to him this morning. to to cross over the line and to put your faith and your trust in him this morning, to acknowledge your need for him, to acknowledge that he's paid for your greatest need at the cross. Tells us that God receives all who hope in his steadfast love. And where is his love seen most perfectly, most beautifully? In his son. In his son, Christ Jesus, when we look at the cross. So if you do not have a relationship this morning, look to him to begin this relationship today. Praise to God who redeems. Praise to God who cares. And then number three, praise the God who commands. Praise the God who commands. The third encouragement to praise God comes in verse 12 to to 20, and it starts out this way. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion, for he strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of the wheat. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. Earlier in our text, we saw God blessing the exiles as they returned home. And now we see him blessing this this rebuilt city. And we see that it's God who gives them security. And it's God who gives them children. And he gives them peace on the border. And he gives them the finest of wheat. He gives them all these blessings. And how does he do it? Did you catch it? Through his command. Through his word. God need only speak. And the gates of Jerusalem are strengthened. One word. And the land is full of abundance. Verse 16, showing his control, his word that he gives snow like wool. 
that he scatters frost like ashes, that he hurls down ice crystals like crumbs. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them all. He makes his wind blow and the waters flow. The God who can speak and bring spring out of winter can melt a hardened heart. And he can do that for you this morning. The psalmist calls us to praise God for the power of his word. For by his word, he creates. And by his word, he sustains. And by his word, he blesses. And by his word, he redeems. And by his word, he sanctifies. And by his word, he preserves. And by his word, he glorifies his people. People ask me this question all the time. Brennan, how do I know God's will for my life? How do I know God's will for my life? Listen, to know God's word is to know God's will. To know God's word is to know God himself. Oh, church, run to him in his word every single day. Recognize your need for him. Recognize that he desires to speak to us every time we gather together on a Sunday morning. The same command and the same power that put the stars into place is the same power who heals the brokenhearted. It's the same power that lifts up the outcast. The same power that declares a personal, life-giving word to his people. And he desires to do that for us when we are gathered together. So I encourage you, when we show up here on Sunday mornings, show up expectant. Show up looking and ready for God to move and to be at work among us as we open and as we gather around his word. Praise God for his word. I don't know if you caught this or not, but at the end of the text in verse 19, the people of God are called Jacob. They're called Jacob here, and often in the Psalms, the people of God are, are called Jacob. If you study the Old Testament, you study the, the book of, of Genesis particularly, you see that, that, that before Jacob there was Abraham and then there was Isaac. And so it begs the question, at least it did when I was studying this week, why not the God of Abraham and Isaac? I mean, if you, if you go back through the story of Jacob, you don't get to the end of the story and go, all right, let's be like Jacob. Jacob's not an example to follow. About the closest point we get is when Jacob's wrestling with God. But all of Jacob's life, he was trying to get blessing. He was trying to root his soul in something. And finally, after years, he realizes that all he ever hoped for was found in God. That all he ever hoped for was found in God. And he says this, he says, God, I now realize that if you don't bless me, I'll never be blessed. God, I, I've come to the end of myself. I finally realized that you are actually what I've been looking for my whole life. He finally found out that his only good would be found in God. Why does God call his people Jacob? This should bring humility to us. This should bring comfort to our hearts. Listen, this is God's way of saying, this is why you continue to gather and sing and praise and worship me. I am all 
you need. Root your soul in me. Goodness gracious, are we a forgetful people or what? Oh, we constantly need to be reminded of God's goodness and of his kindness. We love the Psalms, right? The, the Psalms, as we said, go, go through everything in life. They go through struggle and through pain and sin and repentance and sorrow and lament, through joy and through confusion. But they end right here, Psalm 146 to 150, in what? In praise. Why? Because God will get you there. Whatever you're going through this morning, God will get you there. Keep showing up. Keep singing. Keep lifting your gaze to the Lord. Keep responding. Keep expecting God to move on Sunday mornings and in our lives. You were made to praise God. If you want to make a difference with your life, praise is going to be right at the heart of it. And so church, today is the day. Today is the day for every one of us in this room to, to cross a line, to cross over the line of, you know, I, I really like Jesus. Where would I be without him? But do I really want to stick my neck out there and, and just go all out and, and, and praise him with my life? Because I really don't know what the future holds. Today's the day to cross the line over to the Lord is good and the Lord redeems and the Lord cares the Lord commands. The Lord is worthy, come what may. And so decide today. Decide today that you will give your life to praising Jesus Christ, come what may. Let's, let's as a church cross that line today. That's the kind of church the world needs to see today. That's the kind of church that is planting the, the, the flag of God's kingdom and of his authority in this world. Give your life to praising Jesus, come what may. Praise the God who redeems. Praise the God who cares. Praise God for his command, for his word. Psalm 150, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning? As I said a few minutes ago, today is, is the day for us to make a decision. If, if you are not in Christ this morning, if you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus with your life, if you would not call yourself a Christian, the scriptures say that today is the day of salvation. See the beauty of God. See a God who knows everything about you and still loves you. See a God who has given the most costly, his own son for you so that you might have relationship with him. See God who sent his own son to take the in your place death to rise victoriously from the grave and who cares about you. If you are not in Christ this morning, the, the invitation for you is to come to Jesus. If you are in Christ this morning, if you are a Christian, the invitation for you this morning is to come to Jesus 
find satisfaction and fulfillment and hope and life and a God who has redeemed you and a God who cares about every minute detail in your life of a God who gives you his word so that you might know him Lord we thank you so much for your word this morning we thank you for time in it we're thankful for the freedom to open it and to discuss it we're thankful even for your Holy Spirit's word right now And we ask that he would be at work in every one of our lives, bringing us closer to the heart of Christ. Lord, we need your spirit's work in this. We see the, the commands, the exhortation to worship and to praise you, but we need your help. And we're thankful for the truth we can cling to this morning, God, that you do not leave us alone. And so we rely and we depend even more on you this morning asking you to take our hardened hearts or the, the cold places in our hearts and to warm them, to stir our affections for you, our great God, Father, Son, and Spirit. Do your work now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, would you stand with me this morning? Right now is the point in our gathering that we get to respond. Not, not that we have to respond, but we get to hear God's word as we just did a few minutes ago, and now we get to actually put feet on it. And so let's lift our voices to the Lord. Let's sing our heads off for the glory of God this morning. Let's raise our hands and our voices and say, God, you are all that we need. Nothing compares to your love, for you are good. And so as we sing together this morning, I encourage you, Praise the Lord with everything that is within you.